Hey folks, it's Pete Trubis, the world's OK starting strength coach, here to talk to you a few things before this episode. New gyms keep getting added to the list, but our current holdup is being able to fill them with starting strength certified coaches. And since we won't lower our standard for coaching, we're going to grow our own. There's plenty of apprenticeship opportunities out there currently and in upcoming gyms. So if you're interested, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, click on the coach tab, fill out the form so you can speak to our recruiter, Anna Capel, and she'll let you know what opportunities are available. There's also a map there to show you what's on the board and what's coming up. Along with that, we have our coaches prep course. It's an online preparatory course that's designed to help get you ready for the starting strength coach certification. It's open to any level. You're assigned a starting strength coach mentor. You'll have to go through 23 different modules, including academic written assignments, as well as coaching assignments, where you film yourself coaching different aspects of the lift and get real feedback from a starting strength coach mentor. It's a great opportunity to learn for somebody that is not able to coach in a starting strength gym or somebody that is becoming an apprentice. It is a great compendium to the apprenticeship program. So to check that out, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the coaching tab and you'll find the prep course information there. Lots of opportunity on the horizon, folks, so don't miss out. Enjoy the episode. Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Here with my friend, Ina Koppel today. Ina is our head of recruiting for the franchise company. Ina used to be a gym owner. Now she's helping coaches and prospective coaches change your careers and get involved with this gym franchise. Ina's interesting because she has done everything in the fitness world. Um, she's, you know, she's 50 now, so she's in our new target, I should say. Uh, I, I do believe this, the future of this brand is is postmenopausal women. Um, I really do. I think that uh, it's kind of cool to make a young guy big and strong, and that certainly helped me in countless aspects of my life. But I think the real value of this thing is for the people that need it most. And in my opinion, the people that need it most are those that are in a, a rough hormonal situation and came from a rough cultural situation. So encouraged to not do much, encouraged to not do what the men do, uh, weak, frail, and diminishing as time goes on. So Ina is a, a very passionate supporter of the barbell for aging women. She's got a unique perspective. And Ina, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ray. I'm uh, really excited to tackle this topic with you. And as I'm listening to you, tell me that I'm 50 and, uh, <laughs> and I've reached this stage in my life. I'm thinking, man, how did that happen so fast? And damn, I'm really glad I started lifting. Yeah. Yeah. You embody the type of gal that I like having in, in the gyms because, um, I've said this a bunch on the podcast, but women in your demographic typically don't complain they're there because it's their medicine. Uh, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter how scared they are. They know they need to get the work done. And if they get mm -hmm. the work done, they'll have a better quality of life. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start there? What, cause, cause your gym used to cater exclusively to middle-aged plus women. What, um, yes. what is your summary? So, so let's, cause by the way, our YouTube audience is 97% male. So women aren't watching I this know. podcast, but 
for for you, I know lots of you guys out there care very much about your mothers, and uh, lots of you share these types of conversations with your mothers and grandmothers or aunts or whatever. And um, I encourage you to do that if you find value from this episode. So, so Ina, why don't you start mm -hmm. by breaking down for us what what benefits someone in your demographic would get from picking up a barbell and going through a logical mm -hmm. strength training program like the Starting Strength Program. Mm. Boy, it's, it's, you know, it, I think about where, where do you start um, when you talk about something like this, you know, when, when you're young, you're more focused on being smaller um, because that's kind of what's socially accepted. And that's what's in all the fashion magazines is to fit into outfits and fit into skinny jeans. And so when you're younger, you know, it doesn't take much for you to drop uh, body fat and you don't worry about your health so much. And you're not really planning for your future in terms of preserving your health, you're more, you know, maybe planning for a family and planning maybe for your own career. And so you're not really focused on planning for what happens when you start getting older and your body uh, starts to need more attention and starts to break down. And, and, you know, I never thought about that kind of stuff. I felt pretty, um, I felt pretty much like a superhero uh, until my forties. Um, and I really put my body through a lot. Um, and then, uh, I started aging and realized my God, like the thing that everyone talks about happening to your body is happening to me. And I doubled down on lifting. Uh, and it's been the most important tool in my life, uh, to preserve my health and to rehab me, um, from any pitfalls that I've had. And, um, when, um, when I realized that I was going into menopause, um, turning 51 this summer, uh, my mom went into menopause very early in her life. And, you know, I anticipated all of these horrible symptoms. Um, and I thought, you know, this is going to happen to me any minute now. You know, am I going to be able to sleep through the night without horrible heat flashes, right? Am I going to be, am I losing bone density? Are my muscles breaking down, right? So that was kind of always in the back of my mind as I started to I noticed that my period was going away and I was getting older and, you know, you're losing muscle tone. And I found that the more I doubled down on uh, eating more protein and getting stronger, the more I could put those symptoms um, away and I can keep them at bay. Um, and so it's been kind of like a direct, direct effect for me that the more experience, uh, the more uh, aging I see, the more I double down on those two things, um, the more, the better results I, that I find. Um, and now I find myself at this point in my life thinking about preventing uh, becoming frail as I age, uh, because all the things I want to do with my life um, re require me to stay strong, like, like one day becoming a grandmother and taking care of my grandchildren, and not having my children take care of me. And so that's kind of really what's driving me now. And that's really where my fitness is going. And for many of the women that I coached at my gym, they were really my teachers, the grandmothers that would come in uh, because they were looking to preserve their bone density and uh, to address falls, um, to prevent dementia, um, to prevent all unhealthy aging and becoming frail. They were teaching me lessons on what was important and you know, really keeping that in the forefront. Uh, that health and prevention, prevention from unhealthy aging is the most important thing. And, and I aspire to be like those uh, grandmothers that came to my gym. Yeah, we, uh, 
we've got a lot of cool case studies that we put together on the YouTube channel. I'm going to organize mm -hmm. these and make them easier for you all to find. But if you want to take a look at my favorite ones, we're doing a marketing campaign at Starting Strength Boise called Senior Strength. And it's targeted mm -hmm. at people that don't know anything about the program that uh, understand the problem. And the problem is, as you age, you know, you, you've, I've said this multiple times in the podcast, your life is a parabola. So you're, you've got the slope upward, and at, at a certain point you peak, and then you're on the downward trend. So the question is, how far can you extend the upward slope of that graph? How far up can you go? How much of your genetic potential can you achieve? And then once you've peaked, can you shallow the slope of the curve on the way back down? And that's the whole idea because um, postmenopausal women that are fairly sedentary are in a rough situation. The, the environmental and hormonal environment that they're in is not good for the maintenance and development of muscle mass. It's not no. good for the maintenance and development of bone density. And if you don't have enough muscle, well, then you're not very strong. And if you're not very strong, you're not very coordinated and balanced. And if you're not very coordinated and balanced, you're a few steps away from a fall. And if your bone density is low, a fall could be catastrophic. A broken hip could be game over. And mm -hmm. one of the gals that you all should watch, those of you that are interested in checking this out further, if you go to Starting Strength Boise's website, boise.ssgyms.com, and then you select Senior Strength from the membership option, there's a video of this gal, or just search on the YouTube channel for Kathleen. Kathleen is a member at Starting Strength Denver. And Kathleen had three falls in one year before she started at the gym. And uh, she started at the gym and, and had zero falls. So from day one to when I interviewed her, which had been over a year, zero mm -hmm. falls. And I could tell she was emotional and excited about being able to say that. And, and so I asked her during that interview, which is, on, which, is, which is recorded on the channel, I said, how does it feel to not have fallen in the past year? And she starts getting teary and she said, well, every step I took could have been my last. I was worried about every single step I took. And it kind of gives me chills just to just to talk about it, but it's it's hard to it's hard to put myself in her shoes because I don't know what that must feel like. Um, but I hear this time and time again. I just did an interview with this gal from Starting Strength Boise named Sylvia, and that interview might be up right around the time this podcast goes live. But if not, mm -hmm. um, make sure you're subscribed and you'll get notifications. This gal Sylvia basically expressed to me that she was on the downward slope, and. She didn't want to say the word depression, but I was asking her about what her day-to-day -day was like. And she's, she's such a sweet lady, and she said that uh, she wakes up and she, she was counting her blessings, which is mm -hmm. basically a polite way of saying, I'm not feeling great and shit's not going well, but I'm doing my best to stay positive and focus on the good things. And, mm -hmm. and this is why these women are so, they're so into what we're doing because when they come into our gym, and most of them, in multiple interviews, they'll tell you, we didn't think that, uh, or I didn't think that I would stick around longer than a couple of weeks or a month. But mm -hmm. as soon as they start training with the barbell, they realize this is not a nice to have. This isn't something that kind of you know helps you here and there and, and whatever. This is, this is not a vitamin, it's an aspirin. This is, this mm -hmm. is medicine, this is preventative medicine. This is life-changing stuff. Um, 
it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to see and it's it's really inspiring and uh another gal we interviewed and that interview will be up by the time this this sh- uh, show goes live is Allison who is an ex Olympic skier and let's let's actually use this as a segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you about Ina which is um what women can and can't do culturally so this gal is 69 years old she was uh I believe she said she was the first woman on the American Olympic cross-country skiing team women did not do that back then so she'd blaze the trail and women her age also do not go into a, a barbell gym and lift heavy weights some do but it's mm-hmm. certainly not the norm the great thing about Allison is she does not give a damn about convention and she kept using the word viable. I want to be viable. And uh, she has so much passion and energy in her voice and so much light behind her eyes. She's still young, but her body disagreed with her. And she, she's using the barbell to get back that physical enjoyment that she used to have as a, as one of a, as a world-class athlete. And so these, these stories are the most motivating to me. You know, my job is... Uh, dealing with a whole bunch of problems most days. <laughs> and it's yeah. good to remember that what we're doing here is is actually really important. And it's not just a nice to have. And not only does it change people's lives for the better, but there's not really anywhere else you can go. There's not really anywhere you can send your mother or your grandmother to know, number one, they're going to get taken care of. They're almost certainly not going to get hurt. And if they get hurt, it'll be, it'll be a minor thing that they'll recover from. And that it'll drastically improve the quality of their life as long as they as long as they're consistent. So this is why these women are so consistent. They make it a mm-hmm. part of their lives. They show up three days a week. They orient their sleep. They orient their meals. They orient their entire lives around coming to the gym because it makes mm-hmm. that much of a profound impact on their day to day. So you know, feel yeah. free to respond to any of that. But I I do want to to get your opinion on. Um, female culture and how things have evolved over the years and and where things stand now with um, acceptance of doing things that used to be considered manly and not for women like lifting heavy weights. Yeah, well, you know, the barbell has been perceived as a masculine tool for so long that it's taken a, you know, it's taken a long time to get it into the hands of women. Um, And, you know, with modern fitness only caring about, you know, selling and 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 selling the next fad they're not really trying to educate women um and use fitness for for health and prevention and so women have kind of gotten used to seeing you know fitness that's geared towards being smaller and none of it is talking about prevention and if it were the common sense would show you that getting stronger is the way uh to really use fitness and in particular now strength training with a barbell and, and because of starting strength gyms, you've been able to bring it to so many communities. Um, I think, I think the old, you know, saying of, you know, I don't want to bulk. I think that's kind of over. I'm certainly tired of hearing it. Um, and, and I've even noticed that social media is dropping a lot of that kind of stuff. And women are, are excited to feel capable. I think also that the past couple of years has changed people's focus towards health and how they use their time in the gym. And I think more women are considering um, reinforcing their health um, through fitness. And in general, I found that women who were hesitant um, to try barbell training, it was for two reasons. One, um, they were never really aware of what they were capable of. And so they were afraid to quote unquote, 
lift heavy weights. And even if you educated them and explained to them how the weight would go up incrementally, um, they were uh, also afraid of failing. Um, they didn't want to be embarrassed. Um, they didn't think they could succeed. And, you know, since you've got to lift up the barbell when it gets heavier, right, there's a chance that you might fail. And they would translate that to uh, something very personal, like failing at work or something worse. And um, it really takes proper coaching. Um, it takes a good coach to encourage people to overcome their fears. And um, sometimes it takes the coach to be confident for them. Um, and, it, and it takes skillful coaching of the, of the model, but you can help people overcome that fear. But it's, um, it's quite common for women to be afraid of a masculine tool that they think is too heavy for them um, and is out of their reach. I, I don't know why women think that hard work isn't for them because we're, we have babies and that seems crazy, but we do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good you point. You know, it's, uh, there's nothing harder than giving birth. That's fairly so stressful. What, what, what's the big deal about a squat? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wish that was the the standard attitude. I don't get the sense that it is. But um, the small sample size of women that I do get to see in the gyms are, uh, you know, probably lean more towards being badass and, and less neurotic and having a a strong will and a strong mind. And that's very clear mm. based on their performance mm -hmm. in the gym. A few things you but, mentioned, but even, go ahead. Yes, I, even the ones who, um, as soon as somebody joins a starting strength and in particular starting strength because of the way our groups are designed, once they join a group, they realize they're, they're not afraid anymore because they realize everyone's doing the same thing as them and they're all sharing in the same skill. And then they really enjoy the cheering that goes on and support that goes on that's very unique to this setting. Especially our noon session in Boise. Uh, I was talking to Allison, <laughs> the Olympic skier. She's like, I love the noon session. It's mostly grandmas. <laughs> we all hang out and make fun of ourselves for getting older and all the stuff we can't do anymore. That's right. And uh, that's it's, right. Just, it's just a cool community vibe. I mm -hmm. wanted to talk about bulking because you mentioned that. And Stan Efferding was on the podcast recently, and uh, he had a great a great line on this. He said, I hate to break it to you, but if you get bulky, it's because you're eating too much, and bulk comes from fat. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, the, a, a woman's hormonal situation is, is not likely to make you more muscular than you want to be. It's just, it's just mm -hmm. not. And if, and if yeah. you want to look at examples of this, look at our social media, look at these gals that are deadlifting 200 plus, squatting high 100s or mm -hmm. more. Um, and mm -hmm. if their diet is in check, they have what uh, the old fitness industry would call tone. They're quite tone and they have shape. Um, so the, the, wow. one of the biggest misconceptions that uh, permeates its way from, uh, or through pop culture, I should say, is this, this idea of, of bulk and failing to make distinctions. And I think this is, this is one of the most frustrating things because our society is so bad at making disti distinctions in 2022. The distinction between mm -hmm. fat and lean body mass. It's not about weight, it's not about bulk, it's about, it's your, your body is composed of bone, connective tissue, muscle, fat. You can make your bones yeah. denser, that doesn't really change your shape. You can add muscle or you can, you can burn muscle. And if you're gaining muscle in an anabolic situation, that will add to your shape. <clears throat> you can gain fat or you can lose fat. 
And if you gain a whole bunch of fat and gain a whole bunch of muscle, you'll probably look better, but probably look even better if you gained uh, a whole bunch of muscle and not as much fat. But it's it's mm -hmm. these distinctions and um, and orienting things around optimizing body composition that I think is is just a giant misnomer. And this this nasty myth of I'm going to lift touch a barbell and become masculine and bulky is I don't, I don't know where that came from. And I think I think CrossFit has actually helped. Uh, dispel a whole bunch of that. Maybe not so much with the games because most of those gals seem to be on anabolic steroids, but just the average CrossFit box uh, around the country shows lots of women that uh, are reasonably strong and um, uh, look pretty good. So I know I know the mm -hmm. aesthetics is a big part of it for young women especially, but one of the reasons why I love working with older women is because they're they're beyond that stage in their life. They've had children. They're married. This is about functionality. This is about as Allison says, being viable. Um, mm -hmm. Although although there always is the concern about things like belly fat. And, and uh, this gal, Tammy in the gym that I that I spoke to a couple weeks back, she started squatting with a, with a broomstick. And after, I don't know, three, four weeks, she was squatting 100 pounds. And she said she's gaining weight and she wants to focus on weight loss. And I asked her, I said, well, what's happened to... Mm -hmm the belt hole. She said, well, I think I'm down two. I said, well, let's talk about this distinction between muscle mass and fat. Because if you've mm -hmm. gained five pounds of muscle in 10 weeks, um, and again, she hadn't trained for that long yet, but most women gain five pounds of muscle in 10 weeks or more, and you lost two pounds of fat, your waist would shrink, but your weight would go up. So this is mm -hmm. the holy grail. This is this. What else could you possibly ask for when it comes to fitness? <laughs> Gaining muscle and losing fat. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think uh, reframing it in that way is really important. Any, anything to add to that? So much to add to that. <laughs> um, um, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, in defense of some of those bulking um, statements, there are some women that are shown who have huge shoulders, huge arms, huge backs, huge legs. And that's usually what women point to me and say, I don't want to look like that. And like you said, you know, there might be some steroid use. Yeah. You're pointing to people who are athletes that compete with their upper body, don't right? And people who, yeah. <laughs> and specifically people, people who are, who are trying to get as big and strong because they're competing, right? They're competitive. And so that's why you're seeing them so much on social media uh, because they're high profile. And they'll do anything to get big and strong because their focus is no longer, you know, how I fit into jeans. They're 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 competing, right? So they want to get big and strong. And that's not what you're doing with your day, right? You're not, you're going in, you're lifting a couple of times a week, you're doing total body movements, and your goal is to become healthy and strong, right? Your goal is not to compete in the CrossFit open. And so you're not going to look like some of those girls who are larger than you. And I think that bulking is an easy excuse to throw out there that intimidates because like, you know, listen, I had to talk to a lot of women about this and they would throw the word at me and I would have to quickly undo their thinking on it. And I realized, no, they're not looking for me to undo their thinking on it. They're avoiding taking responsibility because like you said, if you're taking responsibility for your nutrition and you're training properly and your training is focused on you know, health and total body movements, you're going to see the best results you've ever seen in your physique. But it's much easier to say, and it's much more enjoyable to say, oh, I'm just gonna you know, 
starve myself or run more, or I don't want to bulk, so I'm not going to do it. And that's a matter of people who aren't ready to commit to take responsibility for their health and their fitness and people who are not ready to do that hard work. And I find that that's just an excuse because they know darn well that they are not going to look like that person. And they know what that, per you, know, you wish, like, I honestly, I wish I could get that strong. Okay. But I can't. <laughs> and I've been at this for some time, but the women who are older and who are trying to uh, prevent falling um, and who are experiencing the effects of muscle loss which is everything uh, affecting everything from your brain to your metabolism. Um, those people know that as hard as they work, they're only going to see small, you know, jumps in, 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 in progress. So you get very strong and then you'll see a small change in your bone density, right? You'll get very strong and then see a, a small change in your waistline. So it's not like you're going to get strong and then all of a sudden blow up, right? It's all these small incremental changes if you're feeding performance. If you're eating and waiting for your exercise to undo all your, all your bad habits, that's not gonna happen, right? And I think that people who use the word bulking still are just avoiding taking responsibility for their nutrition and, and for their commitment to a proper you know, recovery plan. Yep. Um, and uh, when you're older, like our lifters, and I certainly spent a decade training women and moms and grandmothers, those people are addressing serious things, right? They're coming to me because um, they have uh, early bone loss, because they've fallen, because they can't get up without assistance. Um, they, they hold their grandchild on the couch, but they can't stand up with the grandchild and walk with the grandchild up the stairs. So they would come to me with those goals of, you know, when my daughter leaves, I don't know how to stand up from the couch with my grandchild. Can you help me? Yeah, we're going to build your lower body strength, you know, through squats and deadlifts. And then we're going to build your upper body strength with all of these beautiful exercises that, that, that tone the whole body. And so these are different, these are different conversations. And we have to be listening to our elders. We have to be taking example from seniors instead of from fitness models. Mm. Um, but not everyone is flooding their feed with images of, of female lifters who are older, except for starting strength. Normal really starting people. strength is normal. Looking yeah. People. Not fitness models. We're not, this isn't a no. switch. We're not pretending no. like this young, beautiful person with great genetics is uh, something you should even aspire to, let alone something we provide. This is for normal, mm. everyday people. Mm -hmm. And because starting strength gyms um, happens to get a lot of lifters who are older, who understand that this is a valuable um, method to be using and an invaluable tool, now we're changing the face of, of strength training. Um, and women are seeing women like themselves who have had a baby or uh, postmenopausal or you know, people have sustained falls anywhere throughout that trajectory. And, and they're starting to realize like, this is me, just not maybe right now, but eventually. So wouldn't I want to take example from this person and, and build my 401k of health? That so, is a fantastic way to put it. And Rip has an article on the website called strength training is money in the bank. And if mm -hmm. you look at strength training as a cumulative process that allows you to increase your function and capability and quality of life over time. That really is the apt analogy. That kind of mm -hmm. outlines the whole concept. You know, you mentioned um, falls, and this is a recurring theme in a, a dangerous situation for 
for aging women. So, you know, talk to me about rehab and prehab for women and uh, how the barbell can be mm -hmm. useful. And, and before you do, I just want to give you a short story. So a gal joined the gym a few weeks back. Her name is Michelle. And um, I, I paid extra close attention to her because she's a pastry chef at one of my favorite restaurants in town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I wanted I to get to know her and she's such a cool lady. So I, I asked her if she wouldn't mind coming to the house and teaching my wife and I how to make pastries. And so she comes over to the house and it was a really, really cool night because we got to get to know this gal really well. And like most people in our gym, she's bright, she's thoughtful, she's successful. Uh, she worked in an ER for 20 plus years as a nurse. So she has a, a bunch of medical knowledge. And um, the reason why she decided to join the gym was, was, well, our ads worked. She'd never heard of starting strength. So she saw one of our ads on Facebook and decided to join. And it was really fascinating to get her point of view, not having had any exposure to this before. And she she's bright enough, since she has a medical background, to know that if she's going to fix her shoulder problem with surgery, she was having uh, mm. years and years of, of life-interrupting shoulder pain. So she decided to get surgery. If she was going to do that, the best thing she could do was prehab to make sure that her recovery was as quick as possible and as pain-free as possible. Mm -hmm. So she mm -hmm. comes into the gym to start to do some prehab. She starts overhead pressing and benching and squatting and deadlifting. And a couple of weeks in, her pain is gone. She has no shoulder pain. She continues to train for a few more weeks and she canceled her surgery. So her current yeah. plan at the moment is to not have surgery because she, yeah. the, the visual I like to give trainees in the gym is, Muscle mass is scaffolding for your skeleton. The reason why I can make your back feel better is because I can help you create a structure around your spine that provides relief because something is holding up your back other than just the vertebral segments. You've got a scaffolding holding the thing upright. Um, and that, that causes a whole bunch of great things that happen, including you having less pain. And then when you do have back pain, it becomes less severe and doesn't last as long. So. Um, mm -hmm. and for, for rehab, I'm using the barbell, as you know, to heal my neck injury. And like my, my coach, mm -hmm. Will Morris has done an unbelievable job. Um, I, I literally couldn't overhead press the barbell and later today I'm going to press 180 pounds overhead. And, and, uh, yes. the doctor says I shouldn't be pressing more than 30 pounds overhead, by the way. And <laughs> I'm, um, I'm about four or five months post-op. So, um, Powerful tool, and I know you've been around the block and you have tons of experience with this stuff. I would love to hear any anything you want to share about uh, rehab or prehab with the barbell for aging women. Yeah, I've, I've done extensive work uh, with women who are 65 and over. Um, and, you know, partially that was because the uh, daughters that were in our classes brought their moms once they saw that uh, this wasn't just some sort of random exercise. And they understood what training was and starting strength was. And then they entrusted their mothers to me. So I had a lot of grandmothers. And then I also uh, worked in an assisted living. And I had experience working with people who were living in assisted living, um, some, some with um, dementia. Uh, so, uh, you know, I remember the first time that I was really able to help somebody who was 68 years old. Um, she had severe knee pain. Um, and, and, you know, she was heading towards knee surgery and the family didn't want her to have knee and hip surgery because they were concerned, but she was just um, a grandmother who never did anything more than, you know, maybe basic aerobics, um, walking, yoga, 
And so she never invested in building her strength and she found herself uh, aging poorly, uh, a lot of pain, like you said, uh, in her lower back, in her hips and her knees. And so it prevented her um, from squatting, squatting down at home, standing up from a sitting position, walking upstairs. And she had a lot of degenerative stuff going on in her knees. And um, uh, I, you know, I started with a modified approach, having her uh, sit and stand from a box and then slowly lowered the box and slowly increased the weight until we got her under the bar. And, and long story short, she was not only able to function fully at home um, and was able to be left alone with her grandchildren again, um, but she also uh, was able to put off surgery and um, always came back to deadlifting and squatting when she was feeling weak. Um, I had grandmothers, um, I had somebody who had RA and her hands were affected um, by the RA. Rheumatoid so arthritis for those of you that aren't married to a medical professional. Mm -hmm. And she uh, had a hard time holding the barbell. Um, and she had a hard time, you know, squatting and deadlifting and everything, but we were able to make, uh, accommodations for each movement, um, uh, with special equipment, um, and special positioning for her. But she, uh, had sustained multiple, multiple falls, breaking her hip, breaking her, you know, her, her wrist, shoulders. I mean, her family was so distressed. Um, and by the time that she had been training with us for a year, she met her goal of being able to stand up on her own from the ground because she remembered a time where she had fallen and nobody was around and she couldn't assist herself to a standing position because she couldn't use her hands. And so uh, our test was that she could stand up without using her hands from the ground from a lying position. And um, she also showed great improvements in her spine, her hips with bone density uh, improvements. So when she went for her uh, tests again, her doctors were fascinated with what she was doing because <laughs> she was um, seeing a reversing of bone loss and it gave her great function. I've also worked uh, with women who were living at an assisted living, some with dementia, and some were there because they had sustained falls. Um, one of my clients fell down the stairs backwards uh, during a family Christmas, and um, the children put her in the assisted living where she continued to deteriorate um, until we started a program there. And she went from um, not being able to stand up on her own um, to using a walker, to using a cane, uh, to being able to stand up freely. And we gave her back her leg strength and her whole quality of life changed. And so I've seen, I've seen people um, recover from uh, surgery after cancer, um, people who have been, uh, had very difficult pregnancies and uh, you know, couldn't train for a long time, um, got very weak and then came back and lifted and, and strengthened themselves, not only their back, but their, their abdominal area, right? Strengthened their abs. And so made everything stronger and, and, and fixed a lot of problems for themselves. Uh, I mean, I've seen this thing help women in so many, many important ways. But one of the most important things that I noticed was that women were able to support their husbands in a way where they couldn't previously. They felt like they could carry the load for their husbands when their husbands couldn't. Now, I'm not just talking physically. But I had a number of women whose husbands had been through some big financial stressors and um, it was a tremendous strain on the family 
in many ways, life changed for them. And the women who were part of our community, part of the groups, benefited not only from the support and the social support in their group, but also from staying mentally tough that they could take over things for their husbands or support them in ways that they couldn't before because they still needed help themselves. And it's a, it's really, it, it really is the most important tool. It's the most therapeutic tool you can use. And, and I've been through all sorts of back injuries and I've never let go of the barbell in, in any capacity because, because you don't have any other way to help yourself unless you're helping yourself get stronger. And with starting strength, this is the one tool that can be used therapeutically. Yeah. Um, and because of its ability to be loaded incrementally. The reason Ina and I are so passionate about this is find me one other exercise program, pill, medication, lifestyle modification that can make a young man like I was big and strong and change the trajectory of his life. Can make a, a postmenopausal woman who is watching every step and afraid each one, her next one might be her last to make her confident and to stand tall again, to reverse type two diabetes, to enable people to feel like they're young again and they have more capability to, to be viable, as Allison says. Find me one other thing on earth that can do all that, um, that can help someone like me rehab from a neck, a neck injury, whereas a lot of fighters in my same situation just have permanent atrophy on, on the arm that was affected and it's just you know, visibly mm -hmm. different and they have loss mm -hmm. of function for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Find me one other thing that can do that. And this mm -hmm. is why Ina and I are so passionate about it because um, mm -hmm. Rip and Steph put together this program and, and brought it to the world and we discovered it and it's been absolutely life-changing for us and, and mm -hmm. so much so that we felt that we had to bring it to people we care about and then the next thing that happens after that is you end up opening a gym. We're now working for a gym franchise to help others open gyms and spread this positivity throughout the country. So mm -hmm. absolutely, Ina. And I um, I wanted to ask you about pregnancy because uh, mm -hmm. your gym was very unique. I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish community. And then when I came across you and saw that your gym <laughs> catered to Orthodox Jewish women, it was a very strange convergence of worlds for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you that aren't aware, the Jews don't have a recruitment strategy. Um, so the only way we increase our numbers is by production. Um, so so religious Jewish w women tend to have quite a few children, kind of like the Mormons. Um, mm -hmm. And so I know you've been around pregnancy. That's, that's an odd setup for this next question. But uh, I know you've been around <laughs> uh, pregnant women a lot, uh, having, having owned yeah. a gym that you did in Woodmere, New York. Mm -hmm. What are... What are the benefits of strength training for women pre and post pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Well, um, one of the things I would say for the people who want to see videos of grandmothers lifting weights, um, just from our previous talk, I did a I did a strength meet exclusively for women, and uh, half the women were grandmothers lifting, and the other half were women who were of childbearing years, and. Uh, Yes, I had a lot of on-the-job training with pregnant women because a lot of my customers had anywhere from five to nine children. And so they were already, you know, hard workers, but, you know, they didn't really have time to go to the gym every single day and wear themselves out with cardio. So they found uh, the barbell training to be very 
to be very practical for them and something they could commit to. Um, and, you know, the advice was uh, that I would give them was, you know, you have to at least um, train for three months, right? Assuming they would get through their linear progression and get strong before uh, getting pregnant so that this wouldn't be something new that you're taking part in. And um, only then could they train safely uh, pregnant because I wouldn't take somebody who was already pregnant who had never trained before and start putting them through the program because like I tell a lot of the, a lot of women who call me, I get a lot of inquiries still about, um, well, I'm gonna be pregnant or I am pregnant, what do I do? And I always tell them like, your, your focus shifts now from uh, the stressor coming from the program to the stressors coming from the pregnancy and the program and the barbell has to act like a supportive therapeutic tool. And so uh, for women who were getting pregnant, um, I would tell them your focus is strength, getting as strong as possible, right? Recovering from as much stress as possible um, and, and you know, appropriate stress from your program, getting as strong as possible, and then making adjustments from there when you were pregnant. Um, and we had a huge, every single session had a pregnant woman in it, I would say, or I was always holding a baby because um, someone had just had a baby. And so the ladies who were pregnant and strength training, they had already had a previous history with barbell training. And so they were making modifications to their program based on, you know, the size of their belly or any other uh, issues that came up, um, like incontinence or, you know, a weak pelvic floor. Um, we were always able to adjust what they needed to do that day when they came in. There was always something to do for them. And that made them feel really good. Uh, it helped with their back pain. Um, it helped them feel supported. Um, they weren't depressed because they were home, you know, alone, not able to move. Um, they were in a group of women who were also lifting and, and encouraging them. It helped the women who were becoming pregnant and helped them prepare for the hardship of labor. Um, and, you know, most of them did just fine. They did great and they found that it was a big help to them. Um, and then after pregnancy, it helped them restore their uh, strength in their core and <laughs> their abs um, and their back. And so this I had a, a lot of women. Podcast, also, Dina, please don't say the C word. I know. Thank you. Don't say core. Don't let Rip hear me say core. <laughs> so they, they quickly realized that this was something they could use to heal themselves after having the baby and that they didn't lose their strength as badly as when they didn't lift through a pregnancy. So I had women that had both comparisons. Um, so it was a, it was a tool to maintain strength. Um, and then they came back very quickly because they just built up all that, you know, structure. So muscle mass is hard to break down. You're not going to lose it as quickly as your cardio because there's a structure there that you've built. And so it takes a long time to break it down. It lasts a long time. I, uh, mm -hmm. I've been taking my time getting my deadlift back to where it was I'm not quite there yet, but, um, my conditioning was gone within a couple of weeks post-op. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. the week before I found out I was injured, I was scheduled to do, no, I think I did do 420 or 425 for six on the deadlift. And yeah, um, I remember. just yesterday I did a single at 415. That's um, amazing. It's amazing. And it's flying. I could go harder, but I'm trying to be careful of the neck. And so, <laughs> so this is a, uh, this yeah. is, this is a, an adaptation that is long-term and hard to reverse, mm -hmm. which makes mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. which makes it the 401k, just like you said. 
That is one major difference between what we do and what the rest of the fitness industry does. What are some others? Because Ina, you've you've done it all. You're you were studio Ina. You did uh, cardio kickboxing. You did all the fitness stuff really well too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, I did, um, I was certified in rowing in spin. I BOSU ball TRX. I taught dumbbells, uh, Muay Thai, cardio, kickboxing, dance, jazz, step. We don't have enough time in this podcast for me to list. So I did everything in the fitness industry because I was looking for what's the right way to get people fit without hurting them. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did my best. I was responsible and I went and I, explored all the options that are available to me. And the only thing that was missing was the barbell, right? And I saw CrossFit coming up and I went to a CrossFit class and then left in the middle because it just wasn't for me. Um, but I said, how come we don't know how to use this thing right? Why can't anyone teach me how to use the barbell? And so I went to all these professional training uh, performance centers and um, was trying to figure out like, how do you do this correctly? And I was kind of I was skeptical enough to know when someone didn't know what they were teaching me because they couldn't answer my questions. Mm. And the starting strength seminar was the first place where I went, where someone explained to me why we were doing what we were doing um, and why we were doing it this way and why strength and why barbells and why this type of squat and how, why are we moving this way? And why was that our decision and why five reps, right? So this was the only place where someone answered my why. And I think that's really why our, that's really why our members um, trust the experience and take it personally um, because they realize it's true. And uh, not, I try not to find just the in right theory, way. by the way, right? It's not just no, that it has no. sound, sound theory and the textbook is complete and convincing mm -hmm. and compelling. It's that in practice, we see that the system works in a measurable, repeatable, reliable way every single time it's applied correctly we're using mathematics yep. we're using mathematics and you know you're you're you, people study the model they realize that we're talking about moment arms and angles and this is proven and uh you'll also feel it when you're doing it when it's correct yep. uh and and until i found starting strength i couldn't find anyone to teach it to me correctly i got hurt a bunch of times learning it incorrectly um, but i wanted to figure out how do i strength train my membership right the people who were doing aerobics they were eventually adapting to it, right? And then they weren't losing their belly fat or tightening up their butt the way they really wanted to or tightening up their arms the way they really wanted to, no matter how much they worked hard in the dumbbell and kickboxing classes, because they weren't really building, right? The body was adapting to the stress of the workout by breaking down its muscle. Mm -hmm. And so they kept trying to become smaller, but they weren't happy with smaller because their skin was sagging and their abs didn't look the way they wanted. Um, and I couldn't figure out how to push them any harder because they just weren't strong enough mm -hmm. to perform any harder um, without getting hurt. And so when I found starting strength, I said, oh, I found the thing that's going to get them strong enough to tolerate high intensity aerobics. And then I realized, oh, that's not what I found. Mm -hmm. Like I found the right way to exercise and get in shape. And there's programming to it and there's recovery considerations and there's whole science behind it. And um, it changed the way I looked at everything. Um, and then the people who benefited from the program um, found they didn't need to do the cardio as often. They were happier with their bodies and they sustained less injuries. Mm -hmm. um, yep. 
basic injuries from fitness. Yeah, the old fitness industry is about doing as much as you possibly can and then doing more and then eating mm -hmm. as little as you can because it's a, mm -hmm. and really that that is oriented around um, breaking things down. It's a catabolic process. How can mm -hmm. you burn fat? How can you burn calories? And I just think the entire framing is wrong because what we do is anabolic. You build yourself mm -hmm. up. You add muscle tissue. You improve, increase bone density. You become more mm -hmm. capable, more resilient. You don't have to train every day. In fact, you shouldn't because training isn't what we're after. Recovery mm -hmm. from the training stress is what we're after so we can get the adaptation that we want. So it's a mm -hmm. completely different way of looking at fitness. It's totally changed the way that I view it. I thought strength yeah. just like you was a piece of it. And um, I would need to do other things to, to be healthy and fit. And I think it's important for intermediate plus strength trainees to do some conditioning. But I do, you know, four minutes on the bike twice a week, 10 rounds of hit on the echo bike. And that's, that's about all I need, you know. Um, and then I do my <laughs> stand effort in 10 minute walks. But Compared nice. to what my conception of fitness was in my teens, um, early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, it's changed quite a bit. And luckily, oh, yes. fitness is one of these things where you cannot hide the bullshit for long because the thing is either producing a result or it's not. And it is incredibly right. satisfying to have found a thing that produces a result for every single person that tries it. Mm -hmm. And it leaves you time to go do other things like be with your grandkids, spend time with your family, do a hobby, play your favorite sport, right? All it, because you're not going to be training every single day. You don't need to. And so it really improves the quality of your life and it doesn't stress your body as much, certainly not your heart as much and everything gets stronger together. But uh, I think that women are coming to realize, I think we're moving past the um, excuse of, I don't want to be bulky. And uh, because I really think it's just an excuse. Mm. Uh, those are people who are avoiding doing the right thing with their nutrition and their recovery time. And I think we're moving towards something where women are like, let me see what I'm made of. Um, and, and I, and I, people say to me, I love watching the seniors on your Instagrams, uh, the gym's Instagram. I love seeing the seniors on there. It's inspiring. It makes me feel hopeful. It makes me realize like, I need to step it up. I'm not that strong, you know? And uh, I love hearing that from women now. And they're like, where do I start? And so there's, there's, you know, it's amazing that our seniors are setting the example, are leading the way now. Um, and I think more of us who are, the people who are done making excuses and who are ready to take responsibility for their um, training and for their nutrition, well, then they'll find that starting strength gyms is the place where they could come and have that structured focus of, of a proper training environment where they're going to yield the greatest results for themselves. Um, look, it, it, it's common sense that if you're stronger, everything is better. And those are the quotes that you'll see on the walls of the gym yep. from Mark Ripito. Yep. It's common sense. And what we mean is, you know, if you're trying to build yourself, if you're, if you're trying to do conditioning and benefit from your conditioning, or you're trying to play a sport and benefit from that sport or be better at your sport, you build yourself a bigger engine with the barbell and you invest in your strength. Strength is and the then foundation. Every, yes. And, and if you invest in your strength, everything will become better. You'll get a bigger engine so that you could push harder without exerting as much energy. 
And they by the way, longer. bigger engines require more fuel. They're metabolically inefficient. Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. you want to burn calories at rest with a higher basal metabolic mm -hmm. rate, maintaining muscle mm -hmm. mass is the way to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were talking about getting strong and then doing hobbies outside of the gym, for those of you that want to see an old guy who deadlifts 385, 72 years old from Starting Strength Dallas, his name's David, search for him on the YouTube channel. Um, he he's still hitting softballs at 72. He's crushing them with his shirt off. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. and he looks great. He looks fantastic. So mm -hmm. I, I agree that um, strength is the foundation. And it's the thing that helps you do the other things. For some people, it's just your mm -hmm. thing. Strength is your thing. But for me, I wouldn't lift weights if it didn't benefit me in all these different ways, you know, especially right. with just an aesthetic benefit. It's just, it's hard. It's yeah. a lot of work. I got to yeah. drive to the gym three days a week. Um, yeah. But I'm happy to do it because it makes life that much better. God. And uh, I know that's only a fraction of what um, our favorite demographic gets to experience when they come to one of our gyms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I think that people need to start realizing how lucky they are. Women who are young and who have found a starting strength gym, have found starting strength and barbell training, have access to a coach. You are so lucky make sure that you make a note of the day that you hear this podcast, because you know how they always say like hindsight is 2020, right? Uh, youth is wasted on the young. You are so lucky that you have access to this right now, because when you hit your seventies, you'll already build this big bank of, of, of strength and muscle and bone that will support you in doing all the things you love doing right now. And when you see the seniors lifting, when you see grandmothers crushing it, getting strong, moving more freely, really being athletes under the bar, it should inspire you to be less lazy, take responsibility, um, take action. And you're very lucky. We're all very lucky to have this tool. I would not be able to live without it. I could not have a good quality of life without it. And I could never have helped so many women, so many grandmothers, you know, return to, to a good quality of life. This is it. You're lucky to have this thing. You should certainly give it a try. Yep. Well, you know, you're one of the few that's doing this type of work and you're making a big impact. And I, I like the fact that you spread this message because it's not, it's not a common one yet. And I think we're changing the culture. And the more we talk mm -hmm. about it, the the more success we will have. So let's end there, Ina. But where can people find you online if they want to connect? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're interested in becoming a coach, you can go to startingstrengthgyms.com and look at the coaching tab. And I encourage more women to consider a career in coaching because we've got more women lifting now. And if you love doing it and you love people and you want to help people get strong and healthy, and you should consider a career in coaching, especially, you know, moms who are looking to uh, find a new field for themselves and still raise a family, uh, young women who are um, in college and considering a strength and conditioning as, as a future career. Coaching is, is an incredible opportunity right now at the gyms. And you can also find me um, on Instagram at Ina Koppel. And um, on Starting Strength, I've written a number of articles and created a lot of videos on lifting and women and, and aging and fat loss and belly fat. And so you can look that up on startingstrength.com. Yeah. And we'd be happy to have Ina on the podcast a bunch. So if you want to hear her talk about anything in particular, just send her a DM on Instagram and we'll set up an yes. episode. Happy to do a question and answer episode. Um, do a little straight talk. 
Cool. Thank you, Ina. Thanks, Ray.